Hello, my name is Becky Freeman and I'm the Associate Editor for New Media here at the Tobacco Control Journal. And today I'm talking with Dr. Richard Miek from the Institute for Social Research at the University of Michigan. And we have a really topical study that he, he led on e-cigarette use as a predictor of cigarette smoking. And obviously this is a very hot topic. It's something that gets debated back and forth between people who feel that, you know, vaping is probably, or e-cigarette use and vaping is um, a gateway perhaps into smoking, and equally those who feel that perhaps we can protect youth from ever becoming smokers by using e-cigarettes. But a lot of this discussion is speculative, and of course it's much, it's much better to have actual scientific research. So we will uh, talk about this important paper now. Hello and welcome, Richard. Hello. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for talking to us today. So before we dive right into it, just what was the objective of your study? What did you set out to try and do? Well, this is one of those studies that had a very clear question. Basically, we looked at people who were vaping in 12th grade, and we followed them up a year later. And the question was, were the kids who vape, as compared to the kids who don't vape, more likely to start smoking in the year following our initial survey with them? Great. So super clear question, um, which we like. It makes it much easier to sort of talk about these things. But um, before we sort of get into what you found, what was the method? How did you go about designing your study? Well, so I'm part of a larger project called Monitoring the Future, which does a lot of surveys, including every year since 1975, we do a nationally representative study of 12th graders here in the United States. And basically, we interview about 15,000 12th graders in maybe 115 different private and public schools throughout the country. And um, from that, we select a random subsample, and we follow them up afterwards, a year later, two years later, three years later. Actually, they can't get out of our study until they die, or they stop <laughs> responding to the surveys, actually. Either one. Um, so... Um, we had this small subsample of a nationally representative sample of 12th graders, and we followed them up a year later. So this study that we're talking about today, the 12th graders were originally interviewed in 2014, and then they were followed up in 2015. So this study, I, I mean, obviously others have, have tried to answer this question as well, but I think there's some parts of your study that makes this actually quite unique approach. I mean, first of all, I think you've already touched on it. It was a national U.S sample, whereas most of these studies are, you know, quite localized. What other sort of unique aspects of your study were, did you want to highlight? Well, as you said, the fact that it's nationally representative makes this study unique. All the other studies I know on the topic, you know, about five or six, have been studies based in a particular city or a state. There's been a study just like this done for the state of Hawaii. There's also been a study like this done in Los Angeles, but none have been able to generalize to the country as a whole before this one. And also, we had specific questions about perceived risk of smoking. So we asked our 12th graders when we initially interviewed them, do you think smoking is dangerous? And how dangerous do you think it is? And so we're able to control for that. We were able to do our analysis um, among other ways. We did one analysis where we just focused only on those kids who at baseline said that smoking was at the top level of dangerousness that they could reply on the survey. So they thought it was very dangerous. Okay, great. So then that can sort of, you can see if maybe those that changes over time or is affected by smoking yeah. or vaping use. Gotcha. Okay. So of course, the million dollar question then, what did you find in the survey? What, what are the results? 
So um, we broke it down into different groups. We looked first at 12th graders who, at the initial survey, had never smoked a cigarette in their life. And so just looking at that group, we focused on kids who were vaping and kids who weren't vaping. And the kids who were vaping were more than four times more likely to have smoked a cigarette a year later. And that was statistically significant. So that wasn't due to sampling error at all. Uh, we also looked at kids who weren't smoking at the initial survey, but they reported they had smoked in the past. So this is a group that potentially could be lured back to smoking by vaping. And what we find is that they too, uh, among this group of former smokers who weren't currently smoking, the kids who were vaping were about four times more likely to have smoked uh, one year later. And then finally, the last group we looked at were the current smokers. So at the initial survey, some kids were smokers. And so we looked at them with the question being, well, if, they, if they're vaping, does that, does that mean that a year later, they'll be less likely to, less likely to smoke? Because maybe they're using vaping as a way to kind of quit the habit. Uh, but we didn't find any difference at all, basically, that uh, kids who were smokers at baseline, the vapors and the non-vapers pretty much had the same probability of smoking a year later. So no real good news in there at all, really? Unfortunately not. <laughs> no. Okay. So it's, it's probably important just to sort of, you make a pretty strong conclusion in this paper that um, the, there's no evidence essentially that vaping protects children from smoking or brings children who are smokers away from smoking. Is, is that the definitive conclusion of your study? That's correct. Uh, we're looking specifically at 12th graders. Now, among adults, we might well have different findings. It could be that if you have somebody who's 30 or 40 years old who's really motivated to quit smoking, maybe they can turn to vaping and maybe they can uh, be successful in smoking cessation with the aid of vaping and vaping devices. But among kids, we find that doesn't seem to be the case. And it's not all that surprising, actually, in retrospect, because you look at the kids who are vaping and the reasons why they're vaping, less than 10% say that they're vaping to try to quit smoking. Uh, the vast majority of kids who are vaping are doing it because they think it tastes good. There's lots of flavors out there for kids to try, and they're curious and they're experimenting. So uh, at least among teenagers, vaping is not initially approached as a way to try to quit smoking. So this has rather complicated policy implications then. So do we treat e-cigarettes just like we would treat tobacco and part of the comprehensive tobacco approach? Or do we need um, a different policy approach? Did you make any recommendations or conclusions as part of this work? You're right. It is very complicated. And what we ended up concluding in our discussion section in terms of the policy is that many people right now are looking to ban e-cigarettes among youth on the basis of the nicotine that's in it. So they seem to think, well, this e-cigarette or vaping device is delivering a harmful chemical to youth, and that's why we should ban it. And other studies, we showed that the majority of youth who are vaping, they don't even uh, report, they don't think that they're vaping nicotine. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but 60% say that they're vaping just flavoring. That's why they're doing it. So if you tried to uh, come up with a policy to, to ban vaping because of the nicotine content, that might not be so, 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 so successful. But perhaps, you know, a more compelling rationale is that one reason that we may at least need to tightly regulate vaping devices, particularly among youth, is that it's a, 
It's a very strong risk factor for smoking. So, at least among youth, um, I think when you're looking for rationales for why should you regulate these, why should we concern about these vaping devices, I think the fact that it's such a strong predictor of smoking um, really is up there as perhaps a stronger rationale. Uh, absolutely. I think that uh, this is a really important contribution to our understanding of possible pathways between smoking and vaping and e-cigarette use. There's been a lot of speculation in theory, but it's nice to actually have solid scientific research on this. So thank you very much for your contribution. Thanks.